listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast. This is the podcast designed to help you save your marriage no matter where it is, no matter where you're stuck. We want to get you through that. I want to help you understand what's happened in your relationship, not just that, but what to do about it. Now, as you know, I've been answering lots of questions lately uh, from listeners, and if you are interested in that, you've got some questions burning on your mind somewhere you're stuck, do send that my way. You can send that to podcast at savethemarriage.com, just an email, podcast at savethemarriage.com. Now, that's where you send it in for submission for me to think about putting it on the podcast, not where you get a response from me. Um, that's an important distinction. I do work with people with coaching, and I answer your questions directly there with you, but this is a little bit different. This is if you think you've got something that others need to hear about, as well as your stuck place. So what I'm looking for there is kind of a, um, it's a Goldilocks uh, place, um, you know, where you're, I'm looking for a just right kind of thing. Um, so if your question is very broad, like how do I save my marriage? Well, that's what the Save the Marriage podcast, um, podcast and the Save the Marriage system is about. And if you are looking for something uh, very, very specific, like it only applies to your situation, that's really a coaching question. We, we've got you covered there too, but what I'm looking for is that in-between place. So sometimes what I do is summarize and I get to the point of several people. So today I'm looking at some of the questions that were submitted by, by Corley, Choppy, Maria, and Kay. So those are the ones that are getting this, um, and I think, uh, Kelly, you gave me permission to use that name. So uh, by the way, let me know if you submit a question how you want me to refer to you, because I, I do try to personalize this. So those are the ones I'm looking at. These are all about depression. Now, you may not be aware of what depression looks like, because it looks different than what a lot of people expect it to look like. For instance, it can just be a lack of energy. And it can also be about irritation and anxiety and kind of a dour outlook on life. There's so many ways that depression shows itself. Sometimes it just looks like an angry person and they're really suffering from depression. Now, this is a broad topic. And so I wanted to let you know that I've already got some resources available about depression. And the easiest way is just kind of a shortcut I, I created to go to Beat Depression Now. That's Beat, B E A T, depressionnow.com. BeatDepressionnow.com. That will land you on my Thrivology podcast page where I have a number of resources, uh, both that I have created as depression-related podcasts and also some other outside resources that you can link to. So if you go to that uh, that page, beatdepressionnow.com, and by the way, I put that in the show notes also as related resources, you can find the whole series I've already done on depression, what it is, what it looks like, uh, how it can be treated, and by the way, it doesn't always need medication. And by the way, Sometimes it does. So uh, I want to be clear about uh, what that's about. And so I created the series and, and you can access all of that just by going to beatdepressionnow.com. Okay, so let's kind of jump into a few of these questions. And, and I, I'll tell you, some of those are um, already answered in there. 
But uh, let's see, uh, all of you are asking, what do you do? What's the role depression plays in a marriage crisis? And what do you do in terms of helping the depressed spouse? So uh, I want to cover that uh, a good bit. Also, another question that came in was, um, you know, kind of, is this fake? Uh, So my question is the the illness that's going on. And so uh, sometimes people have other diagnoses that come along the way. And there are ones that are a little harder for us to put our hands on, like fibromyalgia. Uh, that's often a uh, concurrent uh, sy- symptom with depression. Now, not always. I, I want to be clear about this. I'm not saying it, that's all it is, but I'm saying that sometimes people who have diagnoses of depression also have other diagnoses along the way, and, and these are diagnoses that are harder to look at. For instance, if you have strep throat, you can go in and get a diagnosis, and they can show you under the microscope, you know, they can show you the, the culture. Um, if you have cancer, they can see the tumor, right? And if you have diabetes, they can check your blood sugar level and, and other uh, different markers. And so the problem is there are some of these symptoms that we just have to look at the symptoms. In fact, whenever there is a diagnosis of depression, it's based on the fact that there is a certain number of symptoms. You can't point to somebody's brain and say, see, that's where it's malfunctioning. You're simply looking at the symptoms in their life. And they are um, somewhat subjective symptoms. Somebody's got to tell you how they're feeling. And so if you go to the doctor and they diagnose you with depression, if they've done it fairly, then they have followed the DSM model of that where they've looked at how many symptoms of depression you have. Now, let me just go ahead and add in here. Depression is a term that is both clinical and non-clinical. So what that means is that I can say, you know, I'm depressed, right? I might get up on uh, some day and I just feel morose and I feel down and I can say, oh, I feel kind of depressed. That's the non-clinical way of talking about it. Then there are those who meet the clinical definition of a a diagnosis of depression, major depression, and that's different. Uh, The problem is that sometimes we kind of cross those up. And so there's, uh, because we use them both ways, there's kind of a lack of clarity around that. So I want to be clear about that. Okay, so just to kind of put some of these other questions out there, um, one one question was about, uh, do you have any advice or experience regarding a situation where the spouse leaving the relationship is suffering from depression? So here's the thing. Yes, because depression is so widespread, The question is whether the depression is leading to the person wanting to leave the relationship or if they have uh, their processing around the relationship has um, maybe exacerbated their feelings of depression. What I mean by that is there are times when there is situational depression and there are times when there is a more biochemical depression. Situational depression, something's going on that's making someone feel bad. Remove that something going on, and they feel better. If somebody is in a stressful situation that every day is drawing them down, they're in a bad job situation or something else, that can lead them to feel uh, down, to feel drained of energy. And if you change that, everything changes. Sometimes it's a situational piece that's all around. For instance, maybe somebody uh, comes uh, into a a culture that is just constantly grading down on them for whatever reason. Um, And so as that begins to sap them of energy and also just kind of of the willingness to keep pushing forward, that can affect it. 
So depression is such a wide net that sometimes it's hard for us to talk about that uh, in any clear way. But yes, absolutely, it has an effect on relationships. If your spouse is feeling depressed, it's going to affect how you relate to each other. If your spouse is uh, feeling depressed and blames it on the relationship, there is a secondary problem. Now, there are times when a relationship is so dysfunctional that has led to feelings of depression. I want to be clear about that. It's not that depression is necessarily the cause of the relationship issues, nor is it necessarily the fact that the relationship has caused the depression. And the fact is that in either case, the question is how you move through it, which is why I want to really kind of focus down on uh, Kelly's questions and, and refer to some of those questions Back to my original link there of BeatDepressionNow.com. For instance, Kelly says, how does one recognize depression? And see, that's the trick. There, How do you recognize depression? Well, a lot of people go undiagnosed with depression for many years, uh, particularly for men. Uh, often the anxiety and, and kind of the anger masks the depression. They are actually the symptoms of depression. What we're used to thinking of depression is the person who just, you know, is kind of a sad sack all day, in bed all day, crying, tearful, can't get life done. But there are some people who function in life with depression, and so the symptoms come out in other ways. Like they're constantly irritable. They can't sleep well. Um, they always look at the ne- kind of the negative of life. They're angry with other people. All of those are possible symptoms of depression. If you just think of us always operating kind of at some certain energy level, that's one way of thinking about how that depression almost always feels to the person inside. You know, it's it's very frustrating if you just can't get the energy to move forward. And so that frustration comes out, but it's masking the fact that underneath it is a kind of a lack of energy. That's the same piece that often hunts, haunts all of us when we're down. What do we want to do when we're down? Just kind of hibernate and, and get out of the way. And so just to kind of throw some other pieces in there, sometimes people are more seasonal in their depression. Um, so there are people who are more in a hibernation mode when the days get short, it's cold outside, it's dark and dreary, and their body is trying to get them just to kind of hibernate a little bit. And that's the seasonal depression. And you can see that it's kind of a lack of energy. When it's sunshiny and long summer days and bright skies, those same people may come to life and have lots of things to do. And so that we think that might have some biochemical pieces. So let me break that down one more step. Every emotion you have is a biochemical reaction in your body. If you're happy, that's a biochemical reaction in your body. If you're excited, that's a biochemical reaction in your body. If you're sad, biochemical. If you're depressed, biochemical. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that the biochemical causes that as much as how our body processes experiences can do that. At the same time, If our biochemistry is off, we're going to feel certain ways no matter what we do. For instance, let's say that you have a hypothyroid condition. In other words, the thyroid is not functioning the way it should. That saps you of energy. No matter what you do, you can't get back that energy. And so it can feel like depression and look like depression and actually be completely a biological issue. Somebody who is hypothyroid who then gets treated 
with uh, thyroid medication feels normal all of a sudden. The lack of energy um, abates and they have a normal life because of that. And this is why this is such a tricky question. When I worked with people in my office uh, one-on-one and they came in with depressive symptoms, the first thing I did was to have them go uh, to a doctor and make sure that they were fully uh, evaluated for whether they were suffering uh, from uh, hyperthyroid or some other condition, including depression or something else that may be keeping them from uh, really experiencing life the way they, they want to, that there may be something actually biological. The reason I did that is because it felt to me very frustrating if we worked and worked and worked on something for a psychological reason, a psychological rationale, and it turned out to be biological. Now, the other way to think about that is that the um, medicines we use to, to treat depression work on a biochemical methodology. Now, I also will tell you, and you'll find this in those links at beatdepressionnow.com, those medicines aren't particularly effective for particularly many people. A lot of people really struggle to find something that will help them feel better in their depression. And, and a lot of times the medicine after medicine, they try and it, it just doesn't get them the results. There are some non-medical things that seem to be just as effective. People who exercise and do some other things in their life often have as good a reaction to medicine as not. Now, let me be clear. If you've been prescribed medication, that doesn't mean you just drop that and go take a run, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that be aware that a biochemical approach to depression isn't the answer that uh, we have been led to believe sometimes by the commercials. So how does one recognize depression? Well, it can look like lots of things. And if you're talking about a depressive mood, just somebody sitting in a depression, look at the energy level. Uh, look at the agitation level, look at the anxiety level, look at the anger level even, uh, but look at basically at is, is the energy, clean energy, positive energy, low energy, or is more murky and dirty kind of energy of the aggression, anxiety, and anger kind of side of it. All of those uh, are ways of thinking about depression. So when somebody is in a higher energy level, you know, that doesn't look like depression at some point, right? They go too far and you suddenly start thinking about mania, but there is a, a spectrum where people can go through feeling happy and sad uh, and it not be either mania or depression. Um, so check out the, those uh, links, beatdepressionnow.com to think about what does depression look like. Okay, the second one's really interesting. How does one bring it to the awareness of the other individual without coming off as hurtful or accusatory? Well, the problem is that if you say to somebody, I think you're depressed, they're going to say, no, I'm not. But if I am, it's the uh, whole relationship thing that we're stuck in that's making me feel that way. In other words, when you try to point it out, it is often uh, kind of blamed on something else. And so that makes it difficult. If there is a diagnosis, if a doctor has said, this is depression, then it's helpful to say, hey, I'm wondering whether this is part of the symptoms of depression or if it's something else. So one way of bringing it up is to say, I'm wondering if if it's this or this. What I often notice with families is if there's somebody who has depression, everything is seen through a depressive lens. 
meaning they see that person as depressed. And so uh, if they have a uh, bad day, oh, that's the depression. If they're angry, oh, that's the depression. If there is a conflict, oh, that's the depression. There's nothing outside of the depression. That's a very dangerous uh, place to be because, um, you know, sometimes uh, there are reasons uh, for having those negative feelings that have nothing to do with the clinical explanation of depression. What happens many times with people as they recover from depression is their family gets hypervigilant to the symptoms of depression. And so uh, let's say that they are feeling pretty good, having pretty good days, and they have one down day, and everybody says, oh, are you depressed again? You know, is this the depression that's, that's got you again? And sometimes we just have down days. So make sure you're aware of that. But if you see something that really feels like it may have something to do with it, just raise it as the possibility. Hey, I'm wondering, uh, you know, maybe this is part of that depression piece. Be very cautious. Um, It can come off as both accusatory and blaming, but also excusing yourself, right? And so you've got to be aware of that. I think that uh, you're more likely to have success not pointing to it as the cause than pointing to it as the cause. But if you are pretty clear about it and you have, you're at a pretty good place in the relationship, it's easy to say, hey, I'm concerned about this. It seems like this might be part of that depression piece. Okay, number three, uh, what does the treatment for depression look like? Where do we start to find that? Okay, so this is a really difficult one for me to answer because there's so many treatments for depression. There's medication, there's uh, therapy, uh, there are people who do a holistic approach with their diet and exercise, there are people who uh, take on the kind of the relational pieces. I mean, there's so many different ways that people uh, have been trying to address depression, which one, points to the fact that it is very widespread, and two, points to the fact that we haven't figured out the basis of it just yet. I think what we're really looking at is a number of things that all look the same, that all create the same biochemical thumbprint. Uh, And so you can't treat one like the other. For instance, maybe somebody did have a really bad childhood and uh, suffers from that or maybe a horrific event in their life and suffers from that. And and it really is a matter of talking through that, of finding up some new strategies of working through that. That's one level. Then there are those who I think really do have a biochemical issue at hand that must be treated biochemically. Um, And uh, then that requires another place. And then I really do think that there are a lot of people who have a cycle going on. Uh, We live in a culture that doesn't move much and doesn't eat well and doesn't rest well and lives on stress and puts ourselves in situations that are somewhat untenable and surrounds ourselves with bad news all the time. And all those together... Uh, can build up, and any number of those can build up and lead to uh, what I think is much more of a uh, kind of a, a situational depression that becomes very rooted in the chemistry. If your body gets used to a certain biochemical setting, it's going to have a hard time finding a different way through that, right? And we can change that. I mean, if you eat differently, you exercise differently, you're resting better, uh, watching what you're uh, taking in for uh, media and that kind of thing, that can change a lot, but it takes a while for the body to readjust to that. So what does the treatment for depression look like? Wide range. It may be psychiatric, meaning a a doctor is uh, 
giving medicine. It could be a, a therapist, uh, meaning the therapy process. It could be uh, deciding to be more holistic and, and getting exercise and eating well and, and all those pieces. There's just such a wide range that it's not one thing. There are multiple ways that could happen. Again, I talk about that at BeatDepressionNow.com. So then you say, how do I protect myself when my spouse gets into a depressive state? And my first question is, what are you protecting yourself from? I mean, if you're talking about somebody who is acting out, that's one level. If you're talking about the fact that it becomes hurtful when the person won't relate to you, that's when you need to be able to tell yourself, not tell the spouse. This feels like the depression talking, not my spouse talking. Now, that's obviously a nuanced piece there, but this feels like the depression is kind of building in there. I don't know if you're familiar with the cartoons, but there's Spider-Man. There's this place where Spider-Man is getting overtaken by this dark force and suddenly it overcomes him. Right. And and it kind of feels to me like that's what happens many times with people with depression. It just kind of seeps into them and, and colors everything they see as a darker gray. It's kind of like they put on the sunglasses and they can't see things clearly. And they think that's reality. So the spouse has to be clear and able to do some reality testing for themselves to say, okay, this feels like we're back to that depression. And if that's the case, the protection is to be able to remind yourself that this might be the the depression talking. That may be where you're stuck in, in hearing that depression talking. So the next question is, how do I protect my marriage when my spouse gets into a depressive state? So one of the things that is true across the board when there is a a situation at hand is whether a couple can take it on as us. Let's us be in this together. Let me be a part of your team of care, right? And that's sometimes hard for someone who's depressed because what do you want to do when you're depressed? Withdraw from the world, pull down into yourself, minimize contact with others. And so it's hard to do that. But if a spouse can continually say, hey, I'm on your side, let's find how to uh, get a better place for this. That's an important way. And that's how you protect your marriage from that. Which leads to the last thing, how do I help my spouse to navigate through those depressive episodes? And, And the reality is, there's not a whole lot you can do directly. What I've seen many times that does not work is to step into a controlling role and try to force the other person to take care of themselves, try to manage, micromanage how they're feeling. And um, I had, a, I remember a couple that came in and, and the person had become depressed. It was the man. The man had become depressed and the woman had taken it on as her job to pull him out of it. And the problem is when you try to pull someone from that, the more you pull, the more they pull back. I mean, it's just this nature of life, not just depression, but the nature of life. And so to be very clear that you can walk with somebody, you can either hold, even hold their hand when they're hurting, but you can't pull them forward. Uh, this person every morning was doing a, uh, a, a, a check on how the person was feeling. So a daily mood check in the morning, sometimes a daily mood check in the afternoon, And this poor guy was having to pretend like there were no symptoms just to get some peace. Because if he said, oh, I'm feeling down. Oh, we need to go to the doctor. Oh, you need to get out and exercise. Are you taking your medicine? You need to eat better. Stop. You know, and it was on and on and on. And and that began to be a very controlling relationship where the person was losing his capacity of choosing his own path. We all need to feel that we have both our own path and somebody who's accompanying us on that trip. So the best way you can help them navigate is stand beside, 
hold their hand, sometimes uh, give them some support, and always be seeing yourself as part of the team, including your spouse, of working through the depression. So let me just kind of recap this. To be clear, yes, depression can affect your marriage. Why? Because it affects everything in life. It's like putting on the dark glasses. Everything looks dark. And sometimes, yes, the person will blame the depression on the marriage. And sometimes that has some truth to it. You know, if, you're, if you see a depression as a situational energy drain somewhere, if the relationship has been particularly dysfunctional, that can be the case. And part of what you're trying to do here is turn around that dysfunction. I mean, that's an important part of this is saying, okay, this hasn't been working. Let's find a better way. This is the point where I say, if you're not using my system, it still fits in even in the midst of depression. When a spouse is depressed, that may mean that you need to really focus in on the we, and it may mean you really need to focus in on how to turn the relationship to a more healthy place. Uh, both of those are still true. In other words, nothing changes in the depression about whether there are marital issues and how you resolve them. But it doesn't have to end the relationship. The question is whether the two of you can together see that you're facing this issue and that it's something that has to be moved through regardless. If the, if it, the depression is, has some roots in the relationship, then fixing the relationship helps fix the depression. If the depression is already on the outside and it's affecting the relationship, you want to find a better place for that depression so that the relationship can thrive either way. So this is about becoming a we, and that's why the system still fits in. When I talk about the Save the Marriage system, I'm not talking about some magic method of just getting a relationship going and then you got to figure it out. This is the method of making sure a relationship stays together for life. Um, that's one of the things that people are like, okay, so there's some magic to saving a marriage that doesn't apply anywhere else in marriage. And the fact is that it applies all the way through your marriage. I use stuff that I've learned along the years in my own marriage. Uh, my wife does too. We, we focus on that as a way of staying on a good place. And that includes when there are tough times in your life. Now, the more disconnected you are, the harder it is to be helpful and to understand that. But that's the role you want to take on. So use the Save the Marriage system in order to make sure the relationship is, is as strong as possible so that you can either have mitigated some of the cause of the depression or you're able to stand together while you're dealing with all those issues that have led to the depression. Hope that's helpful. Again, uh, two links you want to know about. One is beat the I'm sorry, beatdepressionnow.com, beatdepressionnow.com. And the other one you want to know about is savethemarriage.com, savethemarriage.com. Uh, that will get you the system. That will also get you the first one, Beat Depression Now, will get you to the right page to get even more training, more help on how you stop uh, depression, how you understand it, identify it, and move through it. And then what do you do relationally with that? Hope that's been helpful. So uh, Chris and, uh, let's see, uh, Choppy and Maria and Kelly and uh, we had one other, Corley. I hope that gets all of your questions answered. And if you've got a question, remember, podcast at savethemarriage.com, podcast at savethemarriage.com. And this is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. 
listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.